Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Harvard Undergraduate Centrist Podcast. Uh, I'm Nick. What? What? <laughs> Why would you change no, it? I don't know. <laughs> I just I was scrolling through. Oh Facebook. my god, no! Is this a real thing? <laughs> it's a real thing. Jesus no, Christ. no, it was great because there. Harvard, was, get your shit together. There was a, also, I'm Elise. There was. <laughs> I said I'm Nick. Uh, who are you? Uh, I think I'm Alex. Okay. <laughs> Member of the Harvard Undergraduate Central Society. You no. wash your mouth out right uh, now. You go into that bathroom member. and you go share the soap. Get the soap in the mouth. Get the soap. <laughs> no, get the I, soap, the fancy stuff that we have that shapes like a like a D20. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God, we do have that yeah, soap, we do. don't we? I thought you were joking for a second. I'm like, oh, no, shit. That's actually something we have in our bathroom. <laughs> yeah. No, this is not that. This is some nerds have a podcast. And uh, we're leftists as fuck. We're, we're leftists as fuck, so get used to it, <laughs> nerds. Anyway. Uh, maybe we should rebrand, but maybe not. I don't know. How would we rebrand? Re nerds on the left. No. Left nerds. Left nerds. Left Second nerds on the left. Second nerds on the oh, left. Last, last nerds on the left. <laughs> last nerds on the oh, left. Oh, actually, that's a great podcast. Last name. nerds on the left. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. We're rebranding. <laughs> we're rebranding. We're rebranding. Um... I no, think, this I is think, welcome, yeah. welcome to our somewhere north of an hour, south of two hours uh, bi-weekly podcast where we talk about things, we rant about stuff, and, and we're left just yeah. as fuck. You know. So if you don't like it, get the fuck it's out little, of here. This is not your podcast. A little laughter, a little tears, a you know? little something Here. to think about. And we wonder why we only have 12 listeners. I know. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Should we like, be recording 12... this interest? No. <laughs> no but did you guys see that so there was it was a like a town hall or something that oh, bernie that bernie sanders was at and like the look on his face when the, the person asking him the question identified i think it was a woman identified herself as being from the harvard undergraduate censorist society uh, he just like was kind of like the fuck <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did see that. that. I saw that. Uh, we can't take Last Nerds on the Left. There's already a podcast too similar to that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Last Podcast on the Left is already a thing. Damn it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I mean, if you're living under late-stage capitalism... I don't know. You just, I, just, I don't know where I was going to go leave that, that hanging. Just, just <laughs> end of list. <laughs> Oh god damn so, everything. Yeah. We've had some weeks. We've, we've had, had some weeks. Had I weeks. I apologize. Or no, did we already apologize for our absence? Yeah. Um we, we got, got married. married. Yeah. We talked about that in the last podcast. Woo! Remember we did a podcast two weeks we ago. We did oh my Jesus. I know. This has been the <laughs> longest. These have been the weeks from hell. Hell um, week. Hell week. They're over now though, so we're hanging out, <laughs> having some drinks, talking about nerd shit. Hooray. Ugh. Okay, so can I just, like, start off, like, hot and heavy? Oh, go for it. With, like, a rant that's been sitting in my soul. Okay, goddamn. Okay. So, All right. know, Elisa's pointing the microphone directly at her face. This is going to be Well, it's great. because otherwise she's going to shout and I wake know, the neighbors. and I need to, like, not yell in our incredibly thin-walled apartment. Yeah. Um, I mean, studio. We have a real studio. We're real podcasters. No. Uh, sometimes I can hear you from downstairs in the kitchen. Shit. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> So, damn it, really? What have you heard, Alex? Just you know what? Tell me off podcast. <laughs> Tell me off recording. Off the record. Um, Lots of real podcasts record in people's apartments. Knowledge Fight records in uh, Dan's bedroom. So, Aw, yeah. that's nice. It's cute. Anyway, tell us. Um, okay, so... Give us the scoop. 
Fucking Joss Whedon. Oh, yes, that's right. Fucking HBO is giving him a new show. Did you save that article? Because I feel like we should quote from it pretty directly. Because it's, uh, it's something. Here, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. Why, why don't I pull it up and you can do your rant? So, okay. Okay. So, like, I've been burned by you once before, Just Sweden. Just once? Okay, several times. <laughs> All right. So, it is the most Just Whedonist shit to ever have hit the media fan. But it is... Of course, starring a woman who is the... So it takes place in... What is it? Okay, so it's going to be like an hour-long comedy action drama centered around a Victorian lady who doesn't play by the rules of Victorian society. No, no, it's a gang of Victorian It's a ladies. gang, but it's led by a led by one lady and it's her gang of Victorian sisterhood. Like it, it's one of those things where I would eat this shit up if it didn't have Joss Whedon's name attached to it. <laughs> but because of the fact that it has Joss Whedon's name attached to it, you know it's going to be fucking shit. And you know he's going to ruin these characters and and okay, no, okay. All right, we got the AV Club article. Um, just Google Joss Whedon AV Club. Well, you also have to oh, God, HBO. Add HBO. HBO. Add, add HBO. All right, I'm just going to read directly from the article because I feel like it's worth it. Uh, this article is, by the way, by Britt Hayes and was published um, April April 23rd, okay, around 12.30 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Day. I don't know. <laughs> it's been several, year, several years since Joss Whedon's last female-centric television product, but praise be to Network Gods because he's finally back, and not a moment too soon. I don't know about the rest of you lady people, but it's a damn miracle that any of us have survived this long without Joss Whedon exploring the issues of women folk through his signature blend of action, sci-fi, and horny boy dweebs who are definitely not meant to be avatars for himself at all. I also really appreciate that this article is totally written in a very like sarcastic lady oh, tone. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I am absolutely here for this. Thankfully, Variety has revealed that peak Whedon is in- imminent as Outlander's Laura Donnelly has signed on to play the lead role in The Nevers. Whedon's upcoming sci-fi series for HBO. So you know they're going to be constantly naked. Oh, yeah. They're going to be constantly fucking naked, which kind of defeats the point of having it set in the Victorian era where you can have all these beautiful costumes. But nah, these bitches are going to be naked the entire fucking time. I don't know. It's Joss fucking Whedon and it's fucking HBO. It's not going to be the entire time, but they're going to come up with a reason for them oh, to be at God. least topless, topless like once an episode. Oh, Jesus. Okay, sex position. Thank you, Game of Thrones. Um, the series which is set in the Victorian era, will inevitably feature a strong female character, TM, bemoaning (laughs) the restrictive misogynist nature of the corsets through Whedon's vaguely uncomfortable male gaze. Centers on a gang of women who suddenly develop extraordinary abilities, fight bad guys, and help save the world, etc., etc. Donnelly will be playing the apex Whedon heroine, (laughs) Amalia True. Amalia True. True. Jesus, I missed that when the first time I read the article. I fucking hate it. Thank you. <laughs> Who's described as, and I quote AV Club, Jesus take the wheel. The most reckless, impulsive, emotionally damaged hero of her time. Jesus 
fucking Christ. Why do they all have to be emotionally damaged? Because, Elise, women can't do anything on their own unless they have emotional baggage. I... That's not me saying that. That's just we did. He invented strong female characters, Elise. There were no strong female characters before Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Shut your whore mouth. I'm going to dip my fingers into your water glass and throw water at you again. I'm sorry. That's what I did. It's not spousal abuse. It's fine. He likes it. Um, Don't don't add us on Twitter. Um, Or do, because we actually have, like, no traffic on our Twitter. It'd be nice if we just, even if we got a flame. And we're pretty desperate for attention over here. Um, I'm sorry, baby. (laughs) Much like Joss Whedon. Much like Joss Whedon. Okay. A menace to a stuffy Victorian society. She would die for the cause and kill for a drink. (laughs) Whedon! See, what he does here that's really interesting is she's both the Madonna and the whore. (laughs) see there's a lot of depth and complexity to his female characters like you see with with uh with uh black widow she has cleavage and guns (laughs) that's how you know she's an interesting character Uh, but she's damaged elise because she can't have children and that makes her a monster a monster God damn it! I yeah. ju- uh. hey, Avengers Infinity. The the uh, end Avengers- game is coming out this week. <laughs> Sorry, um, he's okay. no longer involved in that franchise. Oh, thank God! Um, not just reckless, impulsive, and sigh, emotionally damaged, but the most reckless, impulsive, and emotionally damaged. Gird your girdles, ladies, because our time is now, and our savior, savior, apparently, Joss Whedon. And it's not TV, it's HBO. <laughs> I think I speak for white girls everywhere when I say I literally can't even right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one asked for this. Also, if I wanted this shit, I would want a fucking miniseries of the Soulless series, but I don't get that. I get fucking Joss Whedon and his stupid Joss Whedon-ness getting all Whedon-y on my fucking HBO, and I'm done. Done. It's gonna be worse than Game of Thrones. It's gonna be worse. Like, I love Game of Thrones, but, like, I am definitely over this exposition. Like, it was kind of, like, quirky or whatever in the first season, and now it's just, it's, oh my god. Literally, I was watching an episode the other night, and it was, like, you had three prostitutes and one dude, and the prostitutes, like, were not even into undressing him. And were literally just saying the lines, like, have you heard what's happening in the North? Yeah, it sounds like the White Walkers are coming to get us all. Oh, no. Imminent death. That sounds terrible. And they're just, like, literally rattling off exposition. And they're, like, <laughs> undressing in front of the camera. And I'm like, you bitches aren't even trying anymore. Yeah. Well, in f- it, it's because, in the, I think we all know the reason for it. Now, granted, I, I've not been watch. I'm not caught up with the show. Um, so that means but, that you have opinions. About but I, I do have opinions. Well, I mean, <laughs> I have opinions about how it's being written because I, I was hearing a lot of the same things about the previous season, too. Yeah. Which is that it's just not as good as it has been. I'll tell you exactly why that is. Because he's they're, they're because completely gone off the gone rails. They've gone beyond where the books are. Yeah. No, they've completely gone off the rails. And, and so we're relying on the two dipshits yeah. that, like, created the series who also thought Confederate was going to be a great idea. Yeah. Oh Jesus! I forgot. Yeah, about no, that. no, no. So, oh, for what is that? recap, recap time. 
Um, I the forgot two, that that was a thing that was going to happen. Holy shit. The two, I know. Trump's America has been a long fucking time, okay? <laughs> like, one year in Trump's America is like, like five, five years, years in the in real world. The world. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, recently in Trump's America, the two fucking dipshits behind the Game of Thrones uh, TV series, who are the two, like, broiest, like, all I can, I can, they're lit bros. You know what I mean? You remember mm-hmm. those like assholes in college? Oh yeah, that were like I was an philosophy. English major. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I know who these guys are. But you are. were like a phil- you were like an English. You were no, a good. You no, were one of the good ones. But I'm saying that I I had classes with these yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Is what lit I'm saying. bros. Yeah. Lit bros, and they're like they think every idea that they've ever had is like the most original thing that nobody's ever thought of before. They <laughs> like. They're just they're they're dude bros, but they don't seem dude broy because they can like form complete sentences with you know verbs and adjectives, and so that are beyond just like really and yeah, dude, you know. So they seem like smarter than they are, but they're just complete douchebags. And yeah. so they're lit bros, you know. Yeah. And they're like they always major in like literature and philosophy yeah. I, or creative writing, but they're not gonna like they're gonna be a cool creative writing major and write like some sex new sexy news series so, for HBO. Side, or they're going to like law school. Like lit bros. So perfect lit example bros. of this. I actually did go to school with a guy who got kicked out of VCU. How do you get fucking kicked out of VCU? Um he got but he got kicked out for for basically uh going to i can't remember who it was but he went to some like high up in the in the university um and basically was like arguing that that african-american literature should just be rolled into like like there should be a thing called southern literature like what oh that that That, is how you get kicked out of these oh yeah I do, the one thing that I do appreciate about, and I'm sorry, this is like not interesting to anybody outside of the state of the Virginia. Uh, VCU is Virginia Commonwealth University, which kind of has like, I mean, Nick graduated from there, but it has a reputation of being like the dumb public university, which I think is like rooted in racism because it, it, it is, is like, it, it's rooted in racism because it's like the most diverse or like one of the most diverse one of public, the most diverse public schools, yeah. Public, public universities in Virginia. Um, we also have a number of HBCUs in Anyway, that's anyway. So um, I do love that. Like, you can totally get kicked out of VCU for being too racist. Yeah. <laughs> Man, places I should have gone. Why right. didn't I go to VCU? God damn it. It's a great school. Anyway, um, so yeah, that that's just to give an example for those of you who don't know what Elise is talking about. Like, that's what she's talking about. Yeah. And there were two of those assholes in my yeah, yeah. in my. <laughs> and then they so, went on to go. And they went on to create Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. And then more importantly, though, is the they were going to come up with this they they had pitched an idea and HBO had actually picked it up and then it got leaked to the public and the public was like no and their idea for a show was called Confederate yep i've got it right here and the the premise was it's it's 2019 but the south won the civil war so like the united states is divided into two and there's still like segregation and I guess sort of slavery in the South and like the North and it's and it was going to center on a white dude because of course it was going to center on a white dude because fucking lit bros. It says right here chronicles the events leading to the third American Civil War 
The series takes place in an alternate timeline where the southern states have successfully succeeded from the Union, giving rise to a nation in which slavery remains legal and has evolved into a modern institution. Well, to be fair, I mean, that's the prison system in America. Yeah, that's the, true. Mm -hmm. the story follows a broad swath of characters on both sides of the Mason-Dixon demilitarizing. Okay, the, the, it's just fucking white people, but continue. Freedom fighters, slave hunters, politicians, abolitionists, journalists, and the executives of a slave-holding conglomerate, and the families of people in their thrall. And, like... I think the big problem is, like, the the idea, because you got to remember, it's two white lit bros who pitched this, mm -hmm. so you know the whole series is going to be completely tone deaf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, like, I if, like, is Issa it, if Rae it, had, like, put, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, if, if, a, if, a, if a woman of color or a person of color had pitched, like, a similar idea, I don't mm -hmm. think the internet would have pitched a fit. No. But because of the fact that it was, like, the two dudes behind Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. which has, like three characters of color um and both one, of which were slaves yeah, at one say. point both of which were slaves at one point one of them don't have a dick though and one of them don't have a dick <laughs> like you just know that it was going to be handled like miserably yeah. and it's also the fact that it's like i don't know i don't know what white people and i speak for all of us yeah what our fucking obsession is with like nazis taking over or the Confederates taking over, but we like we need to stop because like the alt right is already here. Like yeah. it's it's mm -hmm. already fucking happened. Like why don't we have a nice like what if you know? I don't I don't know. Or I... alternatively, what if the Zulus beat the British Empire? Yeah. <laughs> what if the, yeah, like why can't we have alternate histories like that? Yeah. You know, why can't well, we they have did alternate... be, they did beat the Well, that's true. But I mean, like, <laughs> why can't like we have really beat them. <laughs> <laughs> like, went to England to yeah, beat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is here. ours now. Thank Victoria, you. we're going to fuck this shit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Victoria gets, like, beheaded, and it's, it's just, like, like, a Zulu prince sitting Cor on the throne. Like, yeah, bitch. Cornwall gets annexed and is yes. part of the Zulu kingdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd watch that show. Yeah, no, I'd watch the shit out of that. But what if, what if, like. We should write for HBO. Um, but but the point I was making with that is that sorry I, no, I was just gonna say that like one one thing like focus it entirely on like a, an African insurgent movement yeah yeah and, like like have like like Marxist free slaves that, that is are... actually um, that's a subplot <laughs> in the Great War series mm. um, which again like white people like thinking what about the what if the south had won the civil war mm -hmm. i think that that series actually does it pretty well though because okay. it's like still fairly close because it takes place in world war one so it's like fairly close mm -hmm. to the time period so it's like not too far off and it's like well slavery has kind of crumbled in the confederacy but it's still like de facto slavery they just don't call it that anymore you like you need papers if you're black and then there's a lot that you know they're black marxists mm. in the confederacy um yeah uh and so like and it, it does do a pretty good job of like telling the story from a lot of different points of view so it doesn't get like like you have like really shitty people in the union and like really shitty people in the confederacy mm -hmm. but you also have like civilians just trying to live their lives on both sides who aren't really involved in this in any way and they're just kind of having to deal with it like i think my one of my favorites uh one of my favorite subplots in that series was about you know a mother and her daughter trying to like run a coffee shop in the ruins of dc like yeah no i think you've told me about this yeah. series before i'm like that that would be cool but that's not what was pitched no it's not what that's was pitched. not what it was some like crazy like 
I, I don't know. I just, you know those dudes have two, two really fucked up fantasies. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and, but, um, yeah, the point I was making with them was, like, George R. R. Martin, like, for all of his faults, like, can, like, while he does focus a lot on, like, creepy sex stuff, he kind of writes women no. okay. And, like, a lot of his creepy sex stuff is, like, weirdly consensual. Yeah. In a way that, like, the show, the show does not completely do. retcons. Yes. Like, Jamie rapes, Cer- I'm sorry, spoiler alert, Jamie rapes Cersei, I think, yeah. in, like, season six. Um... Like that shit happens. The um even though like she's completely underage and it's super weird in the books, but like uh Danny and Carl Drogo is completely handled in a very different way in the series than it is in the books. Um and there's just like a lot of a lot of things, like the fact that they added in a whore character, a prostitute that would pretty much just served to get exposition and then got brutally murdered by Joffrey. And it's just, it's, it's just, it's just fucking horrendous. Like how they handle women characters. Um, like when I'm sorry, this is like a really heavy, but another thing that like really bothers me is like how Sansa's, um, when Sansa got married off to Ramsey, in season six, season five, I don't know. It's all the seasons are blurring together, but like, so Sansa gets married off to Ramsay at one point, and he like brutally rapes her, and the camera pans up to Theon, and you're just focused on Theon and how Theon has to watch Sansa get raped. Hey guys, how does Theon feel about? Yeah, all yeah, this? yeah, and it's just like, let's find out. Really. Like, that's your takeaway from this whole fucking thing? And so, anyway, they just... I mean, I'm still fucking watching because it's... it's At this point, it's like water cooler talk. You know what I mean? Like, you can't go to work. Or at least, like, I can't go to work without somebody coming up to me and being like, did you see Game of Thrones last week? And I'm like, bitch, I've been so busy. But, <laughs> um, but I'm finally fucking cut off on Game of Thrones. So now I feel like I can actually, like, see people and talk to people at work. As opposed to like hiding, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have any connection to that. Mm-hmm. I uh, read the first book, didn't didn't think it was bad, but didn't particularly care for it, and then never got around to watching the show. I um, read I read the first book and watched the first series basically simultaneously because mm-hmm. I had, like the first season was coming out as I was reading the first book. So I, like, would read far enough ahead that I'm, like, I'm not going to spoil the book if I watch some of the TV show. Mm-hmm. And then I got more into the books than the TV show, and I kind of stopped watching the show, and then the books ended. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, like, uh... Like, I wouldn't say I'm a book-only fan. I do have full intention of going back and watching the show, but I'll probably wait until the season's over, and then I'll just go back and, like, binge the whole thing. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking I'll No, do. that's fair. So we started this whole tirade with uh, Elisa's rant about Joss Whedon, and I feel like we kind of lost the track to rant about Game of Thrones for a little bit. So, Elise, tell <laughs> yeah. us why Joss Whedon is terrible. Oh, God. See, like, Nick gets way too much pleasure about this right I now. I fucking do. Because I used to be, like, I feel like I went through that, I, I went through that trajectory that, like, a lot of young women, millennials do, where it's, like, in high school, when we didn't know any better, or high school or college, 
but we didn't know any better. We were like, yeah, Buffy's full of strong women and like, I'm totally like Kaylee or Keely from Firefly and like, I'm gonna dress like a Nara and River is such a strong character. And then it's like, as we've grown up <laughs> and the more that we've seen, it's the more like, it, you know what it is? This is, this is, this is a, an experience that you have as a woman is like, at first, you have like a guy friend and you think like, what a nice guy, you know, like, I love that I can talk to him about like comic books and like, he doesn't mind that I would like talk about boys in front of him and he must be kind of cool. And then it's like, they don't leave and they don't grow up. And then they resent you more and more and more for not sleeping with them. And then it just gets to a point where you realize, like, all the things that they did to be nice were just attempts at getting in your pants. And as you reflect on their behavior, you become more and more disgusted with the entire situation. And I feel like that's what it's like to have been a millennial woman Joss Whedon fan is like you're like oh he's writes women characters and like i loved dr horrible sing-along blog and now that you're like in your late 20s and in a committed relationship and you're looking back on your life you're just like oh <laughs> like i thought he was trying to be my friend and he was just trying to get into my pants and that's what i feel like joss whedon is like you think like you think he gets you you think he gets you as a woman in your, like, teens and your early 20s. And then by the time that you're, like, a real fucking adult, you look back and you realize, like, all it was was attempts at getting in your pants. And I think that's kind of, like, there is a certain... And then you a, realize all of the feeling, racist shit that he thinks, oh, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, And, like, there's a shit ton of racism, too. But I'm speaking, like, purely from a white woman perspective. White <laughs> fr- hashtag white feminism. Which is such a shitty thing. But, um... But... It, but yeah, like you just you just get more and more grossed out um about it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so that's that's what I feel like it, that's what I feel like it's it's like to have been like a Joss Sweden fan in like my early 20s and then you're like, "No, he wasn't trying to get my pants. He liked me as a genuine person. Like, he wasn't a shitbag writer. He was really and then you like the more you look at it, the more you're like, "No, he's just he's just mm. a shitbag. Like you can't you can't fucking defend this. You can't fucking defend Nethers or Nevers." Yeah. Oh god. See, I started off just thinking he was a terrible writer and then I got into all the creepy stuff. I I came at it from the other way. Yeah. Cuz I remember I my first But like that's how starved we are oh, for yeah, like no, absolutely. good women absolutely. characters and like that's how starved we are for like women first nerd niche media or genre yeah. fiction. You know what I mean? Like, I guess for how, anyone who's not an alien fan, right. it's kind of hard. But like that's like that's how fucking starved we are for something. But but then it's like, but it's also like Alien doesn't have a musical episode. You know what I mean? That's true. Like Alien doesn't have which like, is why it's a quirky, good. Shut up. But like I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like it's that idea of like that. You know, it doesn't have all of these other trappings that like geek girls like me are kind of into. Yeah. Like musical episodes and quirky best friends and like colorful costumes and like. 
you know, wish fulfillment. And we like, only... I don't get fucking wish fulfillment out of Alien, Fair but enough. I get wish fulfillment out of seeing Keely in her poofy princess dress dance with Mal at the ball. And there's only so much Studio Ghibli that we can watch. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, what else is there? <laughs> what else is there? And that's how fucking starved we are for that is that we will accept Joss fucking Whedon's like two day old tacos and like I'll listen to you cry about your latest boy problem and then I'm probably gonna molest you in your sleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. Allegedly. Allegedly. Alleg- oh wait, are we talking metaphorically or? Because <laughs> I feel like that's something that he's allegedly Oh done. God. Have you guys, did you guys read his leaked Wonder Woman script? No, because like I, I have taste. <laughs> Are you looking it up? No. Or, uh... Oh, God. It's it's pretty terrible, but um, apparently in the at like peak Joss Whedoning in like the mid the to late Whedoning. 2000s, um, he had like written a script for Wonder Woman that was a lot of like they go to a club and she has to seduce the mafia boss of course. with her dancing. Of course. And there's like, she's got a nerdy boy sidekick mm. character who's definitely not a stand in for Joss Whedon himself. And it's like weirdly sexual and it's set. Like, it's just, it's a train wreck. It's a fucking disaster. Google AV club, uh, Joss Whedon, Wonder Woman script, and they will give you the complete play by play. But it is terrible. Thank Christ. Thank Christ. That he he didn't get that. Say say what you want about like the Wonder Woman movie. Mm -hmm. And I get if people didn't like it. It I fucking loved it. It was great. But like think think the old gods anew. Yeah. That it was not it could have been the Joss Whedon train wreck of the early two thousand of the mid two thousands. I was gonna say I was gonna say thank Christ that that didn't didn't get made and extra that that um that batgirl movie that he wanted to make oh, is never going to happen dc executives who listen to our podcast if you're out there give the script to gail simone yeah let gail simone write that fucking movie because she knows how to write batgirl real good let Gail Simone write Batgirl. In fact, let Gail Simone write all your movies from here on out because you guys don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Gail Simone's a really good writer and everybody should read um, her run on Batgirl and her run on Suicide Squad. That's all I'm going to say. Had you watched the, the Sarah Zed talk about yes. Dr. Horrible? Okay. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we had just watched um, the Sarah Zed. Because that, like, that was something that I came out when I was in college and I was like, mm-hmm. like 19 or something. And I remember like watching it and everyone like i just you know it was one of those things where it was like my whole like geeky community in college had like eaten it right up right so it's like neil patrick harris singing and it's like done from the perspective of a villain and it has like all these kind of trappings of being subversive but it never actually is mm-hmm. if that makes sense um yeah he got everything he ever wanted and it only cost him a penny uh, uh... I kind of want to go back and, like, rewatch it just to be like, is this as good as I remember or is it just terrible? Well, I never watched it. So I, if you do rewatch it, let me know. See, okay. I, and I definitely hated it in college, so I probably would continue to hate it. When did it come out? Uh, uh, 08. Okay. Yeah. Like that, yeah. No, it came out, yeah. It, it came, came out, out during 08. the writer's strike, I remember. Because it was my sophomore... 
Because I remember... Yeah. Whatever okay. the same year that season two of Heroes came out. Yeah. Okay. I I got I I, I got to tell how young I am. Yeah. When I was in high school. So baby Alex. Ba- we baby, baby Alex. Alex. Tell us how old you were in two thousand eight. Uh, so I was voting that. <laughs> so my c- only connection to it is Roundabout. Um, with fuck. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I never watched it, but I watched people that were talking about it. Yeah. At mm. the time. Um, how old are you, bitch? <laughs> How I was old. Were you, Alex? I was in two thousand eight. Uh, I'm gonna flip this fucking table. Ah, uh, why? <laughs> you asked. Nick was drinking. I in was 2008. drinking in two thousand eight. Legally, <laughs> I wasn't drinking. Yeah, and yeah. I legally or otherwise. <laughs> um. No, God, you're I remember, so fucking young. It's so upsetting. I remember my my first exposure to Joss Whedon. If we're gonna say on the Joss Whedon hate train, because I love this train. It's I my, mean, it's Nick, my this is Nick's favorite Nicholas. train. He is the conductor. I am the conductor train. of the Joss Whedon, the Joss Whedon hate train. Choo <laughs> choo, all aboard, motherfucks! There are no brakes. <laughs> We've removed the brakes of the Joss Whedon hate train. <laughs> it's just straight on down to Pound it's, Town. It's not like it's, Town. It goes straight through the orphanage. <laughs> Um, and it doesn't stop. The Joss Whedon hate train doesn't really go very fast, but it never stops. So it's it, just like a constant. It, it's like it's it's slow enough that a that it, a sprightly hobo could jump on at any it's, moment. It speeds up every once in a while. <laughs> when it, like some some shit like this comes when some comes shit like happens. this comes down the pipe and uh, and it, it picks up speed, you know. Nick is like choo choo, motherfuckers, <laughs> come join the Joss Whedon hate train. <laughs> but I my first exposure to Joss Whedon. Uh, um, was uh, Serenity? That was the Firefly movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I didn't ever watch Firefly. Like ninety-five percent of the planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, never entered into my sphere of existence. And appropriately enough, I was interested in this girl in high school who was not interested in me, but she invited me to this movie. All right. So okay. I, I went to go see it with her, having, like, a vague idea. Like, oh, yeah, I've heard about Firefly. I've heard it's really good. And I sat there, and I watched this movie. And I got through to the end, and I'm like, so it's a movie where eight people cosplay as Han Solo without having the same character development as Han Solo, and no one talks like an actual human being. Why do people like this? And basically, that's been my opinion of Joss Whedon ever since. Fair. I didn't. I didn't realize that he co-wrote Toy Story. Did he? Apparently. Okay. Apparently, that was my first opinion of that, and I thought <laughs> of Toy Story was overrated when I was a kid too. So. God, <laughs> have you just always been a hipster? Maybe. Who I didn't, fucking hurt you? Nobody <laughs> hurt me. Who I hates like, Toy Story? When I don't. I kid. didn't hate it. I just thought it was overrated. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> I thought Toy Story three was a way better movie. I like that one a lot. Like, I cried at Toy Story 3. Yeah, apparently screenplay by Joss Whedon, Andrew Stanton, Joel Cohen, and Alex Sokol. Oh, well, Joel Cohen. Okay, that, that he saved it then. <laughs> Joel Cohen? Really? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. He Who also... knew that Toy Story was a Cohen Brothers movie? <laughs> I didn't know that. That's why you like, you know. That's the, the parts that I liked about it. It must have been from Joel really? Cohen. I mean, he also he also um, worked on Garfield the movie, so 
<laughs> Wait, who? Joe Joel Cohen? Joel Cohen. Is it the same Joel Cohen? It's apparently. And Is out, it of and... of uh, <laughs> No Country for Old Men? Joel Cohen from the Garfield movie. <laughs> um, we might be thinking of a different Joel Cohen. I... I think it's not the uh I'm the gonna Cohen look this shit up. <laughs> oh my god. No, I need to know. You need to inquiring minds. Inquiring must know. minds absolutely need to no, know. No, this, this, this is a, this is a Joel Cohen that worked about... on Sister Sister, uh, Monster Mash the movie. Okay. Uh, so Achievement not... by the dozen, uh Evan Almighty. So not, not the Joel Cohen of Joel and Ethan Cohen. I feel like the Screenwriters Guild should have him. Ah, like... uh, here. It is. Uh, see, for our this whole goal is about Joel Cohen. For Joel Cohen, see Cohen Brothers. For Simpsons writers, see Joel H. Cohen. Okay, yeah, Joel. I was gonna say you would think that the Writers Guild would make him put his middle initial in there if he's not the same Joel Cohen but is as it Joel like, and Ethan. Is it Cohen like C O E N or is it C O H E N? So, so the the one that worked on Toy Story was H E N. Yeah, and the Cohen brother was was just C O C O E N. Oh, is it? So that's the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. Um. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So that was my first exposure to, and then I remember um oh, going back to to college stories again. I remember my uh, my mythology professor had us watch a few episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and um, I did not get involved in this discussion. I just sat back and watched the fireworks. Um, but I there were a few people in my class who were talking about. Because uh, one of the episodes we I, I liked the one where nobody spoke, I liked that one. That was that was one of the two. We watched that one, and then we watched the one with the the like primal hunter, and yeah. basically most of discussion in class that day was about how fucking racist that episode was. It's pretty fucking racist. And it's like oh, if she wasn't if she didn't have this older male authority figure to guide her older then, white male with, authority figure yeah, british male authority figure then oh, she would be God just like it. this black woman with dreadlocks yeah. and that's the moral of the story <laughs> why did people think he was a feminist again okay once again when you're fucking starved yeah. for attention no, i guess that's fair when I you're starved for attention you have like because you've got to think about, like, what it's like to be a chubby geek girl in yeah. high school. Like, nobody fucking wants you. I nobody did. wants to make... Yeah, you were the one. <laughs> and you know what, bitches? Like, he's fucking mine. I've got mm-hmm. the rings. That's true. We got the wedding certificate. We got the pictures, maybe, someday. No take-backsies. Um, no take-backsies. No take-backsies! <laughs> That's what the rings mean. Um... <laughs> But yeah, like Nick is like the one guy that was like, I'm here for the chubby geek girl, but nobody's there for the chubby geek girl. And that's the thing about Joss Whedon is like, as soon as he gets a size two uh, model interested in him, he'll he'll dump your chubby geek girl ass. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's it's like, you know, you're starved for like media that caters to you and there's only so many studio ghibli films to go around which speaking of which going back to that we still haven't watched through our uh our uh blu-ray, blu-ray collection of, of like, hayao miyazaki movies that's so. true well, what you, you couldn't even get through all of uh princess one and okay okay so. look i just fall asleep during movies okay like <laughs> i'm sorry i recognize that it's a character flaw i don't know how to fix it okay like caffeine, caffeine. why i like matinees <laughs> That's I true. Just, you know, like you get into the couch and you get kind of comfortable and you have your glass of wine and the next thing you know, you're, you've passed out and you've woken up and it's the credits. But you don't do that when we watch TV shows. You no, know, because TV shows are short enough that uh, like I can trick myself into staying awake. Yeah. No, we've had this conversation but- where we're, we're like, we'll watch like, like five episodes of Community in a row after I've been like, oh, we should watch a movie tonight. And Elise's like, no, I don't feel like watching a movie. And I'm like, 
you realize in the time that we've spent watching this one show that we've already watched, we could have watched a movie that we've never seen. <laughs> but it's like, I, I don't know. Like, there's something about, like, I can stay awake. It's, I don't know. It's different. It's di- it's just different. It's just different. It's just Because in my, in my head, it's like, oh, you only had to stay awake for 30 minutes at a time. It's like Kimmy, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and the 10 second rule. Like, anybody can get through anything for 10 seconds. And that's what I'm like with with TV shows. It's like, oh, you can sit here and watch this for 30 minutes. And then several sets of 30 minutes pass by, and I've watched, like, an entire season of Game of Thrones. Whereas, if I try to sit down and watch a movie, I'm like, fuck, this is like a two and a half hour commitment, and my ADHD brain just can't take it. It's just like, you need to figure out, you need an escape plan, because you will not sit through this. Or, Elise, I'm sorry, bleep out my last name. The last name that you no longer have anymore. Um, I know. (laughs) She still has it. But like, like, get your shit together. Sorry, Alex. This is going to be a long one to edit. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, But like, get your shit together. Like you, you know, you need an escape plan. You need to get out of having to watch this two and a half hour movie that you can't sit through. Because you can't sit still for two and a half hours and I get into my own head and then I can't watch movies. Anyway. That makes sense. So what about in a a theater? What about, like, you say it's about but the But live couch. theater is, like, it's different. No, no, live not live theater. Like... I mean, like, in the movie theater. Because, like, you've gone to see movies oh, in the okay. theater. Oh, I think it's, like, the sunken cost fallacy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Like, I've sunk $12. And you're already told to turn your, your phone off, so and you don't I, have that Yeah, to and I don't have that to distract me, and I just, I have to, So, yeah. what we need to do is we need to make you buy the movie yeah. before yeah. we watch it, no, and then no, take no. your phone like, away. No, 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 like, if I had to, like, if I had to, like, throw oh, it out 20 bucks on, like, a DVD. Oh, shit, now that, now that we're married, I'll just have you buy all the movies that I want to no! watch. No! <laughs> this is a great idea. There you Shut go. Up, Alex. Alex, get out of our house. <laughs> You're no longer welcome here. How dare you Fine. give my husband this idea? I'll go downstairs, then. Fine, <laughs> you'll start your own podcast. Oh, shit. Oh, Alex is the only one that knows how to edit the podcast. Yeah. Oh, Fuck. Full disclosure, if Alex did start a new podcast, I would probably go over to Alex's podcast. Et to Nicholas A. <laughs> For the listeners at home, Alex at this point has actually got up off of, of the chair, chair and, and gone, and gone, gone, gone to the used restroom. restroom. So now we have to like fill, fill up the silence and discuss how my, my husband just said that he would betray me. I did say I would betray and go you. go to Alex's podcast if Alex that... started a new podcast. I'm, Alex. So Nicholas, you want to discuss about how you'd betray me? Alex understands how to use audacity better than I in do. A, in a theoretical setting where Alex starts, starts their own podcast, um, I mean, you would just ditch me. I didn't say I would ditch you. No, no, no. You. Let's like, like, like we'd explain. Con- we'd continue explain yourself. Podcast. Uh, Alex just knows how to use Audacity better than I do, and I don't feel like doing the editing. So, and we, I think that we both know that if it were just you and I doing the podcast, I would have to do the editing and the uploading, and I'm not about that life. No, that's fair. I would do nothing, <laughs> as I currently do nothing for this podcast. Um, I like barely keep it going. I don't know. I applied for us to be guests. You did, and that was like I did, that was like an hour's worth of work, and then I never did anything else to the podcast ever again. Hey, Alex. What didn't you do? What the hell's going on? (laughs) We were just talking about how, like, we can't do the 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 show without you because you're the only one that's like ambitious enough. Welcome to to this figure out how to like edit and upload. And and I was discussing about like my contribution. I was like, I guess one time I applied for us to be um, guests at a convention, and it worked out very well for us. That is my contribution. I mean, Elise, you have been dominating the conversation this evening. 
That is true. Yeah. So I'm really sorry. I should shut the fuck up. I barely talked about Dark Souls at all. No, you keep talking. Ah! So, hey guys, so apparently Elise's distaste of uh, me talking about Dark Souls was so powerful that it stopped our recording there for a second. So, we're gonna not talk about it so we don't stop our recording again. (laughs) Or you could just stop being disgusted and let me talk about the things I want to talk about. No, I actually don't really have much else to add other than what we talked about last week with it. So, if you're interested in hearing my thoughts on Sekiro, go back to the episode from two weeks ago because I talk about it there. And Elise is taking off her wedding ring. <laughs> um, That's not true. I was just adjusting it. I was not taking it off. <laughs> I was not thinking about leaving you. I was not thinking about shredding our marriage certificate. Did we ever get that? I don't Whatever. think we ever actually got married. <laughs> are we actually married or are know. we just in our we heads? We get pictures. Like, we don't have pictures. Alex, you were there. Did we you get married? You were there. Did we get married? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, Mary, you were there. Did we get married? <laughs> Oh, you're right, Mary. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for letting us know. Yes. <laughs> Call oh, back. That's right. Call back. Um, <clears throat> so because Elise was working so hard this week, I'm I actually. So oh no, we were talking. I remember. I remember what we were going to talk about. We started talking about this, and then I realized that the recording had stopped. Um, we started watching or rewatching, in the case of Elise and I, Arrested Development because Alex has never seen Arrested Development. I can't I have believe never se- you've never seen Arrested Development. Oh my God! Where were you in 2005? Oh right, you were like an infant. <laughs> I was. I was 12. I'm gonna throw this clam puppet, <laughs> which for some reason, for for our listeners at home, I have a clam puppet. It's true. She does. Within like arm's reach of me right now and i will throw it at your head alex look what was i watching in 2005 probably what were you watching i was were watch- you watching blues cruise you fucking infant no i was watching the time warp trio thank you very much <laughs> the fuck was that <laughs> it's was after- that based off of the book series mm-hmm. yeah oh, okay it's based off the book series his own discovery kids wow wow okay wow Deep cut. All right. <laughs> Very deep cut. I don't even know that one. No. It was really good. I'm, I'm sad it only got one season. But Anyway, um, so yeah, we started watching Arrested Development because it's one of Ooh. my favorite shows. It's, one I think, one of Elisa's favorite shows. You know, oh, I like it a lot. it's fine. I don't know. I'm, I'm not necessarily just, like, gushing about it, but I'll watch it. I, yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's, like, it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. Like, you had to have been there in the beginning. <laughs> See, but I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember, I watched, I watched Arrested Development when it came out on television. Yeah. With my older siblings, who Mm -hmm. were like obsessed with it, and so like I remember watching it in high school, um, with my siblings who were like in college, Mm -hmm. and um, I think like because I was, I don't know if I would be a fan now, um, but because I've been a fan since the beginning, I feel. See, yeah. For me, it was one of the first shows that I binge watched because it was mm. one of the first shows that was available on Netflix streaming. Yeah. So when I got a Netflix subscription in college, yeah, like I was like, "Oh, Arrested Development. I've heard about this show." And I sat down and I watched it. And I feel like it's it's weird. So it really was a disservice that it came out before the era of streaming. Yeah. Because it is a very bingeable show, mm-hmm. and. When it first came out, it was only aired one episode at a time. And oftentimes, because Fox, like, fucked with their schedule, they wouldn't get, like, they wouldn't get regular airtimes. And so you weren't ever really sure when it was airing. Because, like, for a while, they tried to put it up against, like, The Simpsons. Or, like, up next to The Simpsons. After the and Simpsons, then, like... Because there was on yeah, the same network. Yeah. So it was, like, Simpsons and then 
you'd watch Arrested Development, and then there was times where they tried, I think they tried to put it on, like, a Tuesday comedy slot, and it's just, it never really fit anywhere, and then Netflix came around, and it's like, okay, it's it's just a Netflix show. And and if you miss an episode, you're not going to know what's going on. Yeah. Like, it's definitely, you need to see it from the beginning, and watch it all the way through. There's, like, five or six seasons at this point? There are five seasons at this point. There's five seasons at this point, and they still do callbacks to, like, the first and second episodes. Mm-hmm. Like there's still callbacks. Like there's always callbacks to there's always money in the banana. I, I think that's probably one and of my like, favorites in the current season is when they keep saying there's always money in the banana stand. And Michael's like, what is that? Is that from something like, why do we? Say- yeah. Is that from South park? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm three episodes in or four or however many we got. And I'm just, it also like, not really clicking with me. Is it, is it the, is it because you're being forced to empathize with dirty capitalists? That might be part of it, I, but I, you're not meant to empathize with them. If that's you're the meant problem. to empathize with Michael, but no, because in the later no. seasons you're definitely because they they recognize in the later seasons like Michael is no, also Michael is also kind of a shitbag. Mm-hmm. It definitely in the first in the first seasons you're supposed to be rooting for Michael. I would say in the first and... season. And then, like, when in some of the other later storylines. Oh, but once like, he has the romance with Charlize Theron's no, character. No, no. You think even before that? No, yeah. Because well, I was going to say, definitely like, that's, by then. definitely by then, you're not supposed to be rooting for Michael and you're not supposed to be. And then it gets transferred to George Michael. And now it's sort of being transferred to maybe, which is kind of an interesting thing. Kind of. In the second half of season five, I really feel like the everyman character is supposed to be transferred to maybe, which is I don't hilarious know. because she is like I, so absurd. I think by this point in the series, they kind of recognize that you don't need an everyman character. Yeah. That like, like but, but that the they realize that they're supposed to root for. It. I don't even I know think if you're supposed to root for maybe because maybe has become like a full on nihilist by season five. I don't know. I'm just not digging it for one reason or another. Oh, okay. That's it, fair. It, it is definitely something that rewards viewing. Multiple viewings. Yeah. But it's got to it's gotta grab me in those first episodes. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. Your show has things where it's great if you watch the rest of it and you call these callbacks and, then, oh, my God, it suddenly makes sense. But if, like, if you're not hooked within the first couple episodes – you're not the, gonna sink you're not gonna like two sink, hours yeah. into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. So, I don't know, and I, I can't really vocalize exactly why I'm not liking it. Maybe it has to do with the fact that it's trying to, you know, revolve around the hijinks of the rich and famous that are not really rich or famous anymore. Um, or maybe it's just that I don't find the jokes funny for one reason or another. I don't know. Um, but it's just, you know, I'll maybe watch another episode, give it one more chance. But I probably at that point I'd say. Nah, it's alright. I mean, if you guys want to rewatch it, you know, yeah, it's fine. I mean, we're probably we haven't finished season five, yeah, but like we also so we haven't to... finished Nichiju. We haven't finished. We like started the first episode of uh, what's it called? The Karl Marx anime. Well, the Karl Marx anime, but also the um, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Um, we never went back to Umbrella. So Academy. it's like there's already enough stuff that we've started that, that we haven't finished yeah. that I want to actually get you know squared away, uh, and then we I think can go on to, to new things okay. um, rather than rewatching something that the two of you have already seen Sorry. and that I'm not as interested in. So. Uh, we also started watching, I started watching it and then I put a post about it up on Facebook and Alex wanted to come by and watch it with me. Um, love and robots. Lo- love, uh, love, death and robots. Mm-hmm. 
um, which I'm finding I'm I'm really liking it. Um, I'm a big fan of anthology series, and I feel like there aren't really many good ones right now. Mm. Although now that we have that CBS All Access, we can watch the new Twilight Zone, which I'm excited to see. Oh, yes. that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think it's. I'm surprised at how little hype it's been getting. Um, the Twilight Zone? No, Love, Death, and Robots. Oh. Well, I mean, I had, I've had someone recommend it to me before. I've had a few people talk about it, but it's like, compared to how many people talk about, say, like, Black Mirror, mm-hmm. I feel like mm. it's not as, like, well-known. And I feel like it's a better series than Black Mirror. Are Black Mirror episodes, like, super short? No, they're like an hour long. That might be why, because yeah. it's like, you know, you've got a whole plot in a, in a thing. But that's Whereas kind of this, what I Whereas you've got these kind of it. small short films. I appreciate thing. that way more. I mean, you can, but that also explains why people will talk about it less. I guess. Because there's less to talk about. But, I don't know, like, considering the things that they cram into there, like, you only saw a few episodes, okay? Mm-hmm. But, like... There are some that are kind of heady. Um, like, the very first episode is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does a pretty good job of setting up the season, like, the, the series. So, if you're not familiar with this, it's a Netflix original series. Um, it's all animated. And it's all animated. Like, every episode is done in a different style. So, they're, like, animated short films that are, like... Most of them are kind of cyberpunky kind of a setting. But, like, they're science fiction, basically. Or, like, in some cases, like, horror or fantasy. But most of them are kind of cyberpunk science fiction. And the very first one is about this woman who is involved in these, like, fights with genetically engineered animals. Mm -hmm. That, like, in the future, there's this kind of, um, uh, uh, like, blood sport that people are into where... Human pilots control genetically engineered monsters in this fighting arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the story is kind of about, like, oh, this rich guy is trying to bribe her to throw the fight, and she refuses to do it. And it kind of is – it's about that. And I don't want to give away the ending to it because it does have a pretty good twist at the end. Um, but, like, that's the first one. And that, like, really kind of gets you the sense of, like, what the show is going to be. And then the second episode has probably been my favorite one so far, which is the one that Alex and I watched together – um, which is about a group of three robot tourists, basically going through a ruined town in the post-apocalypse. Um, and they're like talking about humans and what humans used to be like. And that one was like absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one about the other one that I thought was like really good. Cause the first one I thought was okay. I'm like, all right, I'll give this one another chance. And then I love the th- one about the three robots and then the next one I also really loved, but it was way darker, way different tone. It was about a woman um, who witnesses her own murder, um, but doesn't realize it that that she's the victim. She just sees this murder that happens, and it's not really a twist because you see from the beginning. And then the guy starts like following her, um, and there's another like really good twist at the end that I'm not going to spoil. And so like each one is just like this nice little self-contained like five to twenty minute short film um and they all have these interesting little ideas and like cute little twists and some of them are funny and like lighthearted, and some of them are like very dark and like um you know thoughtful and like even some of the ones that like you think are going to be funny end up having a lot of pathos to them um like another one of the ones that i really liked was about 
a, a group of uh, farmers protecting their little community with giant robots from this invasion of um, like these interdimensional or alien beings. And that one starts off being kind of cute. It's like, oh, well, we got a tear down by this pasture. And, you know, you know, big bulky like farmer guy gets into his huge war mech and like rides out to the outskirts of his farm. And there's this little like like portal that's opened up near where his cows are. Mm-hmm. And there are these aliens kind of rushing through trying to attack his cows. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cute. And then like the story ends up like getting like way more intense as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots. It's a it's a really if you like like short little sci fi snippets, it's a good thing to go check out. Um, cool. I've been enjoying it. Very cool. Yep. Uh, Alex, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up? Because if not, I've got one more thing I want to talk about today. Um, nothing that we can really talk too much about. Like I haven't been doing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing old games that I've played before but with mods so like I played last just like before I came up here I was playing um, Hearts of Iron 4 with a mod that sets it in like Middle Earth okay so it's like technology of and like politics of world war ii but set in middle earth so so if saruman had won basically no so like like for example you can play as the different like factions the different kingdoms or whatever yeah but like because of and like the the mod is like incomplete so like they haven't really fleshed it out so like you could hypothetically build tanks but nobody starts with them or anything like right um but, like, what I mean by political in that is that, like, you have the option of going for, like, a communist route. So I have, like, communist hobbits that I was trying to, to, to set up. Um, yeah. Well, but what I, what I meant was that, like, because Saruman's entire deal is that, you know. Industrialization. Industrialization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind of metal and wheels. Yeah. Um, to quote from the Lord of the Rings. Although interestingly enough, in this in this scenario, um, because a lot of the decisions that happen are random, Sar- Saruman actually ends up staying with not falling to the dark. Huh. He just kind of resists it and is able to to ally with Ga- with uh, Gandalf. Um, but anyway, randomness of AI decisions aside, uh, it kind of brought to my interest things that perhaps the two of you could help enlighten me about. Okay. And that is, what the fuck's going on in the West? Because, like, there's, there's, like, five different kingdoms, and then there's, like, with the remnants of Angmar or something like that up north. Ang- Angbad? Uh, no, I don't know what it's called, but, like... Oh, Angmar. Angmar, Ang- like yeah. the witch king. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but, like who, are, like, who are these political entities that we don't hear anything really about? Because... like, everything's happening in the East. At the... Well, no, everything's happening in the West in Lord of the Rings, and then like the stuff that's happening in the East is the the stuff dealing with. Um... Well, more like in the center, because like you get to you get to Moria and and you get to. Well, that's that's the West. That's still the West, technically. But, but like the stuff, the but the like king- west of that, yeah, the kingdoms. <laughs> but there is there's very little west of that. There's like the Shire is west of, yeah, is west of that, and then there's like Rohan and more like and uh, Gondor. That's, um, that's in the east. No, it's not. 
The East, the East is where all those other men who fight with Saruman are from. They're the, they're the humans who have fallen under the sway of Sauron. Okay, that's like the Far East. Yeah. Like, but... I put I put Mordor in, like, the East, because on the map, they usually don't show, like, the the Eastern part. Yeah. You know? But, like, what we're seeing, what we see in Lord of the Rings is the Western end of Middle-Earth. Okay. But you're talking about, like, all the other kingdoms of men? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there are tons of kingdoms of men. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, we don't hear anything really about because it. Because a lot of them, by the time of Lord of the Rings, a lot of them have fallen. Yeah. Um. So, like, Angmar is, um, like, that's something that was about, like, really early in the Third Age or in the Second Age. I can't remember. Um. But that's the, the, the head ringwraith mm-hmm. is the king of Angmar. Yeah, I've, I figured that part out. So, what, like, I don't... Like, are you just talking about, like, all these other, like, kingdoms that are over there? Yeah. Yeah, there's just, like, a whole bunch of kingdoms of men that have risen and fallen over the years. And then, like, most of them, by the time of Lord of the Rings, are gone. Except for Gondor and Rohan. And that's about it. Okay, we'll have to talk off the podcast about this. Because I think we're misunderstanding what I'm talking about here. Okay, like, can you can you? I'm trying to pull up a map, but... But for some reason, my thing keeps misspelling Middle Earth. (laughs) <laughs> okay it tries to the political map of middle east <laughs> <laughs> i can't imagine why that would be the autocorrect for that why would anyone care about the politics of middle earth over the middle east i don't know the middle east is I... such a stable region i know it right? has been since 2003 um i was just gonna since, say since 1948 mm-hmm. i i have i have nothing to add to what the two of you are talking about however um i am really excited for the tolkien Biopic to come out. Yeah. And apparently Christopher Tolkien is completely disavowed it. What the hell? (laughs) Make me want to watch it more, but it kind of dies. Um, that Christopher Tolkien really hates the biopic about his dad. Oh, good. Um, which oh, I saw the advertisement for that. Yeah, I saw the ads for that. That looks like something to to look at. There you go. Yeah, no, that movie does look pretty good. Yeah, there's some movies coming out this week. We still haven't seen Captain oh, Marvel. We have to go see, or Captain, we have to Marvel. see Captain Marvel. We have to see uh, Avengers Endgame. I am much less excited for Avengers Endgame than I am for Detective Pikachu. <laughs> like, I am living for Detective Pikachu on May 9th. Yeah. I am so excited. I'm so fucking ready. Um, and everybody's like, Endgame, don't spoil it. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I already know what's going to fucking happen. Because it's kind of fucking obvious if you look at, like, actors' salaries <laughs> and if you look at actors' contracts and yeah. you look at, like, the projection of where they're taking the MCU. It's pretty obvious what's going to happen in Endgame. So I'm, like, much less excited about that and I'm much more excited about, like, Detective fucking Pikachu. Like, how could you not be? I mean, I'd be more excited for it if they had cast Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito. as the voice yeah. of Pikachu. But you know it's fine. Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds is fine. He's he's basically just a tall Danny DeVito. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a tall, handsome Danny DeVito. Just a tall Danny DeVito. (laughs) We're gonna take out the handsome. Yeah. He was in all those Nicholas Spark movies, I think maybe. So when I say West, I mean this part. Yeah, yeah, Eridor. Uh, so yeah, these are just. I like how we have like we're we're just looking at a picture of Middle Earth, on our podcast. That is a completely oral experience. Yeah. Yeah, so that part, you know, listener, that part of the map. That part. 
Yeah, the little part that's sticking out. Um, the little part that's like the Shire is in it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then once we leave and get to like Rivendell, like nothing happens there that is in the books, at least that I remember. Um, there's Bree, Tom Bombadil. Like and yeah, Bree. after we get to Rivendell. After we get to Rivendell, uh, but yeah. but Rivendell, Rivendell is here in the mountains. Yeah, that's like I don't count that the the west anymore. I count that like the center. Like that's mm-hmm. like the the center dividing line of the continent. I'd say. Oh. There's like elves and shit over there. There's like the um like there's Mirkwood, and then like yeah on that side. But what do um, you okay? Oh my god, what do you want? Okay, I just I, there's the what Shire and there's Bree and there's lots of like scattered like towns. Are you talking with men. about for He's talking talking about this over here. Okay. Yeah, like what is what is oh, what is like, Lin, what is Linden like? What is their deal? Like, are they, do they have a history? I mean, like, okay, so here's, here's the fucking thing, is there were nine, there were nine kingdoms of men, right? Okay. Which is why you have the nine rings the ring of race. men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, men are fucking weak, and mm-hmm. so they've all fucking fallen, and so, yeah, like, they talk about, I think it's Dun, Dun, Dunlap, what is it? Uh. So, like, they talk, oh, Dunlin. So, like, they talk about these places. But it's only in, like, but the major, the only two major kingdoms of men that are left that haven't fallen to Saruman's, or Saruman's control. Or, or are, like, or just kind of, like. Like, weird like, little towns like Lake Town. Or Bree. Or Bree, right? Like, so you have, basically, okay. So the men of Middle-earth fall into three categories. Uh-huh. So there's the men who of the East who have fallen, which, okay, that's kind of, like, racist as fuck, but yeah. Tolkien was a product of his time. And that sounds like a really shitty thing to say, but whatever. We'll be woke later. Okay. So there's like, there's the men who have fallen under Sauron's control, who are the men of the East. Mm-hmm. And then you have just a bunch of weird little towns with people who kind of are living outside of society. And that's and where like, people like Aragorn come in. Yeah. Because Aragorn's a ranger, and like the rangers are basically the people who. That's why like keep the, order in that part of the world because they're okay. from the Duinduin, Duinduin um, lineage. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is the last great race of men. So. Which for, also sounds racist as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but they're also. <laughs> but the idea was like they're the rulers of men, and so they had they were blessed with longer lives. And the idea was that they would be wiser so, rulers. So from Tolkien's notes, basically what that is dealing with is in the Second Age, um, basically the, the Middle Earth version of Atlantis, all right? Which um, basically is where Aragorn and all of his ilk kind of descend from, mm-hmm. um, got tempted by Sauron. Mm-hmm. So Sauron shows up and he's like, hey guys, you know what would be great? If you sailed west for the Undying Lands, and Hero Iluvatar is like, no and destroys their civilization Mm -hmm. and so like a lot of the kings and people like that of middle earth are descendants of this group of people who like through their hubris destroyed their own civilization yeah um so there's this there's this theme in like if you look at the larger tolkien's writings of like degeneration kind of similar to like uh, classical mythology like golden golden age silver mm-hmm. age bronze age kind of stuff yeah um so it's like men in the second age of middle earth were you know lived for hundreds of years and were very wise and were way closer to elves in like the way that they lived mm-hmm. um the difference being is that elves their bodies and souls were basically joined 
whereas men's souls were different. And when men died, their souls would go someplace else, and no one really knew where. Mm-hmm. Um, but elves, their soul if they if elves died, their souls would linger. Um, mm-hmm. Which is something that's kind of talked about in Middle Earth, like when they're the elves, like when they talk about like Arwen. When when the elves like... have to leave Middle Earth, that's the reason why is because Middle Earth is corrupted, um, and by by Morgoth. And if they stay in Middle Earth, then their souls will basically like their bodies will eventually fade away, leaving their souls stranded in Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they sail to the Undying Lands, where the uh uh the Anur or the the uh, uh gosh. The gods are not not Iluvatar, oh. the, the ones right below. Not the Maiar, but the Valar. The Valar. If they go, if they go to where the Valar are, then their like bodies and souls can live together forever. Mm-hmm. Um, um. And so, when these men sailed to the tried to sail to the Undying Lands and they destroyed their civilization, that like, kind of added to the degeneration of men. And so, like the people who survived that were kind of corrupted by it. But, like, every once in a while, you'll get someone like Aragorn, who's, like, this guy is, like, the, the once-in-future king kind of a figure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, the, to answer yeah. your question, there are very few kingdoms of men. Like, this... So, there's, like, two, really. So, like, by the time Middle-earth... Like, yeah. by the by the time we have the Lord of the Rings and we're in that part of the Third Age, it's, it's Gondor basically and Gondor and Rohan. <laughs> And, okay. like, that is it for the kingdoms of men. And then you have these other groups that are kind of living on the fringes of society who just don't really have the a wildlings. King. Yeah, you have the wildlings. But you then you also have, like, the people of Bree who don't really give a fuck about anything. And you have the people of Lake Town who also don't give a fuck about anything. And Yeah, because, um, like, cause like there's a whole section of the land that's... It's not uninhabited. It's not yeah. like it's empty yeah, of people. Yeah. Like, sure, the kingdoms of men, whatever the yeah. fuck, you know, whatever. Yeah, they may have fallen, but there's still so people there. So that's your communist utopia yeah. in Middle-earth, Alex. Kind of. Actually, that's thought, where you would live. That's not okay? too far off. That's, like, the people it's who like, are just kind of, like, living day-to-day and, like, they don't get involved in but these you, kind but of... But you have to remember that, like, Lord of the Rings is a mythology, <laughs> and so it always... It tries to focus on like the great and powerful yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. shit. Actually, I, then, I would disagree with that. But then it's subversive because then it yeah. has you have Frodo and mm-hmm. the other hobbits being the main characters. Because yeah, and and the whole point. I wrote an essay on this, so mm-hmm. this is what I wanted to talk oh, about. God, yeah, Bora. Yeah. Well, to bring it all the way full circle. So basically, the 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 thesis of one of the essays that I wrote in college was about how Lord of the Rings is um, kind of popularizes the 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 hero's journey mm-hmm. um especially if you look at just book one of lord of the rings like not even not even the fellowship but like the first half of fellowship of the ring all deals with all these random ass people who don't really show up in the rest of the story but basically if they didn't take a huge risk like the world would have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like Fatty Bulger. Fatty, yeah, Bulger, Fatty Bulger and like the uh, the uh, Mr. Butterbur, the guy yeah. who runs the Prancing Pony and Bree, mm-hmm. and like all these just random people just kind of being like, you know, delivering messages. And when the when the Ringwraiths show up, they're like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, and like just kind of sticking up and like putting their own lives at danger. Should have been five hobbits, not four. Yeah. Fatty should have come along. Fatty, yeah. well, no, if Fatty had come along, then they would have gotten I, fucked up. Yeah. Fatty, Fatty was like the most important person in mm. all of Lord of the Rings. Um, 
but yeah, so that's that's kind of what that's all about. Is like, yeah, they're not what we would like what would be considered like great men. They're not like mytholo- mythological heroes. Mm-hmm. But, but the fact that like Tolkien chooses to spend time and right. chooses, so yeah, and like, and that's kind of the point of Lord of the Rings is that this is the time when it's the last of those almost, mythological heroes are it's around. Almost like Gandalf has an entire. Speech. It's almost like we have a main character who, in the darkest moments, says something about how the even the smallest person can change the course of history. Yeah, and that's like the theme and, and crux of yeah, the book. That's the mm-hmm. thesis of the book is that like this is the end of that age of heroes. Like if you go back and you read Lost Tales and the Silmarillion, you'll get a lot more in terms of like the mythology of you, that. Because you start, and you start the Cimmerillion talking about the gods of Middle-earth. Yeah. And it's so fascinating that it's like, you start off, if you read, if you read Lo- the the chronology of Lord of the Rings, you start off with the Cimmerillion, you start off learning about Aru, and you start le- uh, the Iluvatar, and then by the time you get to the Third Age, you are focused on a, on a group of fucking hobbits yeah. from the middle of the Shire, you know, who are, who are hell bent on, you know, saving the world. Yeah. And that's like the really beautiful underrated thing about the Lord of the Rings chronology is that it is, it is, I, I guess falling through the ranks. I don't know. Mm. Like it, it is. I mean, cause a lot of these things like echo each other. Yeah, it's like, it's it's like, like poetry. poetry. They, they rhyme. rhyme. Except, <laughs> except you wish. George except <laughs> Tolkien does that idea well. Yeah. Um. Whereas, where you do see, because he doesn't get too literal with right. it. Right. Well, I mean, no. You see these stories like the same kind of stories start to repeat themselves. But it's interest. It's it's not so much that they rhyme as that they echo. Yeah. Um. And that every passing age, you get further and further from Iluvatar. You yeah. get further and further from God. But you still have this kind of idea of, you know, good and bad, and they kind of clash, and, like, good doesn't necessarily always stay good. Like, Feanor ends up being a total dickbag. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, the Dunedain, like, totally screw things up and like you know uh melkor becomes morgoth and we got get all these different things about like you know it's good be requires effort yeah it requires you know someone to take the time to try to save and that yeah and that's how it that's how you know tolkien's a fucking catholic yeah (laughs) I don't know. I appreciate yeah. that, though. I, yeah. I appreciate that idea that it's like, you know, you start off with all this, like, you know, these un- undying godlike creatures. And then, like, you get to the elves who are, you know, more mortal. They're more flawed, but they're still basically immortal. But, like, their stories are kind of echoed in what happens with, you know, Frodo and the ring in Lord of the Rings. Like, you kind of get these echoes of the same kind of themes where it's like, they go up against a character that's much more powerful than them. Yeah. Like, Morgoth is a god. And Saruman is not quite a god, but pretty close. Yeah. And, like, he's foiled by Frodo. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, who has... Saruman? 
Sauron. Oh, Sauron. Sauron is essentially yeah. a god. You you said Saruman. Did I say? I, yeah. yeah. And he was foiled by fucking Merry and Pippin. Merry and Pippin. Merry and Pippin. Yeah, that's true. Um, and he's you know not quite a god, but he's he's pretty damn close. Yeah. He's a Maiar. Um, <coughs> uh, I don't know. I've been watching some stuff about about like uh, Tolkien lore and things like that. Leave Middle Earth lore recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I, I saw one recently that was really interesting about um, how and why does Gandalf come back. Um, which is a pretty cool was a pretty cool one. Uh, it was about talking about how he was probably like he's a Maiar, and the Maiar were sent to Middle Earth by the Valar, and intentionally put in the bodies of old, like seemingly old men, um, because they're like limiting their power. Because they're not going to, like, conquer and they're not going to, like, dominate Middle-earth, but they're going to teach. Mm-hmm. So, like, their powers are immensely throttled back from what they would be in their true forms. Um, and so when Gandalf dies as Gandalf the Grey, the, the, basically the theory is that he doesn't go to the Undying Lands. Like, his body stays where it is. And that instead... Iluvatar actually steps in because Iluvatar doesn't live in the Undying Lands. He lives beyond space and time. And he kind of brings Gandalf's soul away and then brings him back without those same restrictions that he had as Gandalf the Grey. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, when you kind of when you dig into the lore and find out what the, the wizards actually are and why they're in Middle-earth. Anyway, I had one other thing to talk about, but I feel like we've kind of we've gone for like a while. We, yeah, we've yeah. Run sorry. Our that was it's fine. Okay. I mean, you got you got us talking about Lord of the Rings, which we will not shut up about. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, um, I need to reread. I need to reread Lord of the Rings. Same. I've been thinking about that too a lot, yeah. like a lot recently, which is why we've been asking you about the books because I'm like, oh man. And we have like probably like three or four sets. We have. At the very least, but between the, of between, the the Ranks, of between the two of us. Yeah. Anyway, so Alex, if you need to borrow it sometime. <laughs> and several copies of The Hobbit. And several mm. copies of The Silmarillion. We have three copies of The Silmarillion. But what the too. fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> we have like a hardback, we have a paperback. I have a, I have a first edition. You have a first edition. Uh, Nick has a first edition. Yeah. God, we are such nerds. Yep. Hey, and we have a podcast. Hey. Yeah. So, and that's uh, our show. We've been Some Nerds Have a Podcast. Hey. I'm, I'm Alex. I'm Elise. I'm Nicked. What was that? Nicked. I'm Nicked. <laughs> Nick. Nicked. Nicked. All right, this is my husband, Nick. <laughs> this is our weird al- neighbor, Alex. My hey. name's Elise. We have a fucking podcast. It's called Some Nerds Have a Podcast. You can listen to us wherever your favorite podcasts are listened to. We have an RSS feed. You can also find us on iTunes. It'd be really super awesome if you... Um, liked and subscribed us on soundcloud it'd be really cool if you guys left us a review on itunes we've never had that happen before at this point i think i'd be happy with like a one star review anything please if you want to yell at us yell at us you can um social media us at uh some nerds pod on twitter and we're also on facebook at some nerds have a podcast 
You can also email us at some nerds have an email at gmail.com. I'm sorry, what was that again? Some nerds have an email <laughs> at gmail.com. Like, please talk to us.